Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Paid Search Podcast. Yes, my name is Jason Rothman. As always, I'm joined by the great Chris Schaefer. Chris, the best AdWords manager I know. How's it going? Hi. Sometimes I wonder if you have a hard time remembering my name because there's always such a big gap between great and Chris Schaefer. But I know you, and I know you're just trying to think of what am I going to say? You're just trying to figure no, out. No, I've already thought of what I was going to say, and then I don't say it. And yeah. that's why there's a gap, because I think at the last second I've decided not to say it. And I think, you know what, should I say it to be funny? No, I'm going to hurt his feelings. Because what I was going to say Uh-oh. is the great Chris Schaefer, a guy with a tremendous amount of extreme personal problems, but he hides it well, and it does not affect his ability to manage your AdWords account <laughs> at all. At all. So whatever's going on with him, it doesn't affect his yeah, professional right. ability to manage your AdWords campaign at all. Life collapsing. I'm not say that. Life collapsing, but still a great AdWords manager. Yeah, that's true. I'll that's put it true. this way, Chris. The way you and I manage AdWords campaigns, and I'm so sick of everybody else, the way they manage campaigns, mm-hmm. the way we do it, focus on search terms and the cost, the only two things you can control, I could do it from the top bunk in a prison cell. So that's whatever's true. happening with my life, I swear I'm the best I'm AdWords still, manager I'm on the I'm still going to be the best manager. It doesn't manager. even matter. Yeah, yeah. I, and that's then true. I could train other prisoners, and I could run a program out of prison. Prison PPC. Yep. Don't prison? give us a call. Oh, we'll call man. you. We'll call you collect. Prison. Just let us know when to call you. We'll call you collect. Don't call, don't call us. Don't call but us. Prison PPC, the number one PPC AdWords agency in the country. I could do it because you just focus on search terms. It's amazing. Prisoners get it. Why can't listeners? Prisoners get it. Why can't listeners? You know yeah. what I'm saying, Chris? I know. And you know they're going to work hard. Got nothing else to do. So, Chris, um, let's kick it off here. I want everybody out there to just uh, forget about the other podcasts you've listened to. Open up your minds, open up your hearts, open up your arms to us. Once you hear the Paid Search Podcast, if you're a new listener, we will erase the other podcast from your memory. Okay, there's better options out there for you. That's us. Chris, today's episode, as always, is sponsored by... You okay? Yeah, I'm good. That's right. like you're having a seizure or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> Chris, you're you know 52 years old. Start um, acting like 64, it. Okay, yeah. today's episode is is brought to you, as always, by Directive Consulting, B2B, go-to search engine marketing agency. They do PPC, they do SEO, they do content, they do landing pages. They offer free custom proposals at directiveconsulting.com, and we thank them for sponsoring today's 130th episode of the Paid Search Podcast. Chris, we're going to kick it off today with a review. That's all we ask for. It's just reviews. That's all I want. Mm-hmm. If you, if you could bail me out of prison, I wouldn't even want that. I'd want to be I'd want to be in there Review. for the stay. I want to stay in prison, but I want those reviews. <laughs> Don't take years off my sentence. Just put reviews on my on my stars. iTunes page. Yeah. So today's comes in from King Beaks. Never heard that name before. Five star review. Google Ads gurus, and I like that he used the new term for Google ads. what we call AdWords. Google yeah. Ads. Love the podcast, Chris and Jason. Oh man, this guy must be dyslexic. <laughs> Chris and Jason, Chris the only way to Jay. say it. The only way to say it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Just, you know when it says like uh, edited by us or our edits in bold. I'm gonna go ahead and do that. So let's start over. Love the mm-hmm. podcast, Jason and Chris mm-hmm. are a great one to punch. I'm constantly laughing throughout the podcast, all while taking a ton of notes to help better my Google Ads campaigns. Love that. Keep up the great work. And uh, King Beaks, why don't you start using periods? Um, but we appreciate the review. <laughs> did. And on, uh, that's there's... the only thing we... <laughs> Chris, I know you're old, but are you blind? Look at the second sentence there. 
keep well, up the I great work. Three, I see three. And there's just an infinite point. amount of black space. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, Chris, um, news. We got news two weeks yes. in a row. I got news you don't even know about. Do you know I about don't. this? Tell, I don't. Inform news, me. Inform me. I can't. I can't. You got to make the noise. Oh. He's old, guys. Give him a break. Chris, another thing I'm thinking about doing on the intro with you is a, is a very like backhanded compliment in a way. I'm going to start introducing you as still in his prime, believe it or not. Still <laughs> in his Edwards manager prime. Yeah. Now, next yeah. week, I'm going to get on there, and I'm going to say the great Chris Schaefer, just like I always do. It's, so, it's always been the most awkward, but my favorite has always been the uh, show pony. It's just because it's, it's just funny. I don't really like it, but it's just funny. So please continue. Tell me about. Uh, no, you don't have to. News. You don't have to banter with me. You, I know you don't like that one. I know you think about that one when you're doing certain activities um, that are loud. Um, so Chris, I don't know why, but I manage a ton of AdWords accounts, obviously, and clients have access to their accounts, and I don't understand it. But Google always sends the updates on this very important stuff to clients' emails. Yeah, and for some reason, I don't get them. And yeah. I don't, I, I don't know why that is, but clients are always breaking serious news to me. So this one was just an email sent to an advertiser um, in December. Google will update the policy requirements for call-only ad format with the following changes: uh, service providers will now be required to use their actual business name and call-only ads. Boom. Service providers can no longer advertise with a business name that doesn't represent their specific business or clearly disambiguate. Uh, that might be a wow. a coastal word. I've I've never heard that word in Oklahoma. I've never been like at the gas station and <laughs> could you, you you're gonna disambiguate that <laughs> pump there, son? Uh, from similar businesses, disambiguate. Yeah, I don't think that's a real word. No. Uh, but anyway, for example, generic or location based business names like quote Mountain View Plumbers. That's funny. Um, or Taxi NYC. Uh, would be unacceptable in ads for service providers who actually go by a different business name. I work with a lot of lawyers, Chris, and I think like a lawyer now. They're giving you an out that actually go to a different business name. What if you name your business Taxi NYC just for the Google Ads campaign? You incorporate a business <laughs> named Taxi DBA. NYC. Then what? Yeah, I'm a DBA. Uh, but Taxi I, yeah, DBA. NYC. Well, yeah. <laughs> Someone's going to do that. You know it. Uh, they left a little loophole there. Uh, when answering calls from users who've clicked on their ad, this is big, Chris. Remember, hey, everybody, remember a few months ago when Google was sending you that notice that basically said, hey, uh, you need to opt in to allow us to listen to phone calls whenever we want that come through the forwarding number, or we're not going to enable phone tracking anymore? Mm. Did you ever see those emails, Chris, yeah, on the policy? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Well, I think I know why they implemented that now, because yeah. the second bullet point when answering calls from users who've clicked on their call-only ad, advertisers must begin the call by stating their business name as it appears in their call-only ad. Um, our records show that this policy change may affect your account. Uh, please immediately remove call-only ads running that violate this new policy. Thank you for your cooperation. Mm. Sincerely, the Google Ads team. So, Chris, uh, I know this is uh, you run call-only ads. I run call-only ads sometimes. This this affects things. Number one, you got to tell your clients that you have to answer the phone as your business name is listed. But why do we do that? How would Google even know? Oh, because we opted into recording. giving them recordings of our calls whenever they want. Oh, but we didn't want to do it. Okay, well, then we could never track calls ever again. So we have to do it, basically. Um, and then your business name has to be re represent your actual business. It's not another chance for you to use a keyword or anything. But let me say, Chris, 
call only ads, they have been expanding them and letting them be bigger recently. So even though they're making you use a business name that isn't a keyword, unless your business name is a keyword, I think it's going to be okay um, because they've actually allowed for more space in the call only ads now. Yeah. And this is something that hits back, you know, a few episodes ago this year, you know, we even gave that as a tip to use um, and get away with using a different name in the headline if you could. And now here we are with Google officially yep. stating you can't get away with that because, you know, I'm sure people were trying to fudge it, which we directly addressed. This is very relevant to what we've talked about and something I know you've talked about. Yeah, it's very it's very clear what's going on. It's crystal clear what's going on. Last year they banned and I've seen some of them recently. So they, they must be certifying them somehow and, and getting cleaning up that industry. But the rehab um, and pain management or whatever industry mm-hmm. on Google ads was just taken off ads. And it looks like some of them are back. So there must be some kind of certification program now. And then there last is. week in yeah. our new segment, we talked about phone repair and technical repair services. And Google had seen people were using Google ads to get in front of customers, do quote unquote tech repair for them and install viruses. That's what they told me. So Google said, obviously that's not every advertiser doing that, but it's enough where we got to clamp down and fix the industry. And so they now they're doing that with that industry. And now they're doing this with call only ads. Chris, it's very clear what's going on. Facebook, Google, Twitter, Russia, 2016, Uh-oh. the election, oh. <laughs> all the heat coming down on these tech companies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. About what these are like almost trillion dollar companies. No one's regulating them like other companies are regulated. Come in front of Congress, blah, blah, blah. Mark Zuckerberg was up there, blah, blah, blah. And now it seems like they're trying to really get on the self-regulation before the regulators come in. So they're trying to, I guess, clean things up. They didn't seem that bad, but they're just on their P's and Q's about getting everything totally above board so they don't have to deal with the government doing that. That's my take. What do you think about that, Chris? Yeah, you know... I don't know. I don't know if that's their their motivation because this all fits within the idea that all of these changes that they're, that they're making still help improve a person's experience in AdWords. So you could still label all of these things user experience improvements. So I don't right, know. If I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But the th- the fact that you had to say making these changes, there was room to approve apparently. Yeah. Um, because why wasn't this stuff going on before? Well, but because people find it's loopholes. interesting. But you know, I, when there's loopholes yeah. and they have to close them, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's a political thing trying to avoid getting hit with regulations they don't control or trying to control their own mm-hmm. content. You know. But either way, you know, it's it's annoying for some of us, especially some clients. Uh, you know, one client in particular <laughs> that's I basically just former had clients to, had to shut down and just said sorry. Hope it works out. Yeah. Which, by the way you know, one week update, ads are still running and we can't really figure out how and his volumes about the same, but he can't find his own ads. Like he searches and he can't find them, but we're still, he's still getting clicks. See, I've got the, the, I've got the opposite problem. We launched ours about that day it happened and we're getting like six impressions a day and nothing's happening, but he can see other people's ads in um, that area, but okay. I can't see them in the preview tool. So who huh. knows, man? But it's never the um, same. yeah, short term, yeah. short term pain for long term gain. Um, because the the better Google does at cleaning things up and making sure it's great for users, the better AdWords is for everybody. So yeah, um, yeah. but that's news, Chris. We're gonna. I mean, we don't have news every week, but uh, we've had news two weeks in a row. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about today's topic uh, because, you know, Jason, AdWords is a big place. It, there's a lot of things in the AdWords interface that you can use. And people that use it every day don't use every single aspect, especially people that use it once a month or once a week. You're not going to use every aspect. You're going to tend to go back to the same things. And one thing I've rediscovered is just how valuable using filters are. Plus, they've gotten much more powerful now that the UI has been updated to the new user experience. And that's one thing that I want to talk about today is using filters at multiple levels like a pro. Uh, I have one particular instance that I can share for an example here in a moment about how I was able to get data without using complicated and expensive reporting systems. A lot of people think I need to run a report on this or this. You know, what does that even mean, run a report? Does that mean you have to have a third party software? Sounds the truth good. is, you don't, I mean, that, that costs money. That's expensive. I mean, it takes extra time. But it sounds good. Yes, yeah, it sounds like, you know, oh, he's a professional. Uh, he's uh, yeah, um, you know, that's a great question. We're going to run a report on that. <laughs> I'm sold, that? Chris. I'm sold. <laughs> oh, wow. You're, I mean, wow. Pay him the extra money. They're going to run a report. So here, here's the thing. There, you don't need third-party solutions for this. You don't need to run reports in order to get this. Right in the interface, I was able to discover with a client on a call just amazing details about why their campaign is kind of upside down. I mean, they're, they're getting good stuff, but it seems like the min minority of stuff that they're getting uh, is good, but the bulk of the stuff is bad, and they can't figure out like what the difference was. So first, Jason, for those not in the know, quickly give us an example of what filters is and how they can use them and, and, and kind of what they're all about. All right, so I'm the king of metaphor. So let's say you're, right, you're doing yeah. a podcast, and you're, you're in the podcast control center, and then you go to host of the show. You're on the host tab, and it says, Chris and Jason, and then it says filter, and you can say filter, and you can say exclude all hosts with the name, and then you type in Chris, mm. and then it's your show all alone, and then you get to run this like a kingdom, <laughs> and then Chris is out of here. Does that yeah? Does that, that make sense, you. everybody? No. Okay. Let me let me uh, let me give you an, a quick example. Okay. So let's say I have a company that um, offers a home for rent or house for rent listing software. Let's say I have a client like that. And let's say we looked at a keyword over the past 30 days and it had, let's say a horrible cost per conversion, let's say. And the keyword was list homes for rent online. And then I'm thinking to myself, okay, list homes for rent. That's kind of weird. The word homes. I wonder how that does versus the word houses. Mm. Is there something weird going on with the word homes? Because it makes sense. It's a great keyword, list homes for rent online. Well, that's what we offer. But why isn't it converting? It could be conversion tracking code. It could be a, a random data sample. It could be a ton of things. But I want to rule out that it's the word homes. So what I can do is I can filter search terms or keywords for the last year that include the word home or the word homes and see how those keywords as a group, CPA does versus when keywords use the word house, list houses for rent. And maybe there's something I'm missing. And if I've spent, sometimes it's a little embarrassing, but when, like you said, Chris, you're zoomed in, you're picking out different keywords each week that you're looking for problem keywords. Well, maybe a bunch of home keywords got a little bit of data. And I had never learned that the word home is bad. And I've seen over the last year, we spent $2,000 without a lead. And then I'll know to exclude the word 
home. Just a little example, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I'm going to tell you guys where exactly to find filters because it's not super obvious where it's located. Um, and some more examples about how I use them and how Jason used them. But first, I want to quickly tell you guys about our sponsor, Directive Consulting. That is directiveconsulting.com. They are the go-to B2B enterprise-level marketing solution for those of you looking for PPC solutions, SEO solutions, social marketing solutions. They provide the gambit of marketing solutions for companies trying to reach other companies. That's what B2B means. So, as we always like to do, give examples about what they've done for other companies. And today we have a software solutions company that I'm going to talk about. And to top things off here, I'll quickly give a, uh, a summary of one of the directors of this company, what they said about what Directive Consulting did for them. They said, we're tracking a whole slew of metrics and they're almost all up because of Directive's work. Everything is going up. We're getting results I could brag about within 60 days. I can tell you this, uh, this, this is truly a brag for anyone working in the industry because when everything's trending upwards, that's hard to do when you make changes that improve just about every aspect of a person's marketing campaign or a business's marketing campaign. So I'm going to tell you quickly what Directive Consulting did for this software company. It says, Directive Consulting drove drastic increase in organic traffic by improving the query targeting and technical op optimization of the title tags, header tags, and descriptions to improve organic ranking uh, and click-through rates. Basically, what they're going to say in layman's terms here is they improved the landing pages. They improved the websites to go with the best quality terms that will fit and get results for that client. Okay, By doing simple things like this, that is literally almost impossible for a company to do themselves because companies are often blind to seeing what's wrong with their own website. Directive Consulting was able to jump in there, make those changes, and get results like a 148% increase in conversions. A 147% lower AdWords cost per acquisition. I'm talking AdWords acquisition cost, 147%. Then, 457% increase in monthly paid leads. These are the results that they can do by using all the tools at their disposal. And this is something that Directive Consulting can do for your business as well. If you're interested, please go check them out at directiveconsulting.com. We appreciate that they sponsor our podcast. Guys, this is the company that helps us continue to do what we do and make this something that we can continue doing. So please go request a free proposal, directiveconsulting.com, and we thank them for their sponsorship. All right, Chris. So uh, you put it, you know, I, I gave up control. We were in the in the car. I was in the driver's seat. I said, Chris, it's, you know, this is your idea. Come over, sit on my lap, run the driver's seat. And you said, no, get out of the car. And then I'll move over to the driver's seat. And so you're in the driver's seat. And so we're going through these these notes. They look like Egyptian, whatever. And uh, <laughs> and uh, come on, Chris. Like uh, let's let's go through these. So I'm very curious about what's in 
that big brain of yours. So use them at the keyword level to find the difference between match types. Break that down. Okay. So first tip, and this is something that was directly related with a client I was talking to recently. Open up your AdWords or, or open it up in your head and, and go to open the Open up your heart, Julia. <laughs> and go to the Keywords tab, okay? Keywords tab, just below the graph. There's a graph at the top of the page. And just below the graph and above the list of keywords is a little funnel column, okay? A row, I should call it a row. This little row is where you can add your filters. Click on here and type the word match, Okay, and a little pop-up will come up and say match type. Click that, and this is where it gets really crazy. I can choose broad, phrase, or exact. I can use, uh, for example, show me phrase and exact keywords. I hit apply, and what happens is now I'm only seeing phrase and exact keywords. And scroll, you can scroll all the way down or, or look at the top. It's in a couple different places, but you can then see metrics only for phrase and exact. And here's what I learned in my example. The client had a lot of broad keywords. They had some modified broad, they had some broad keywords, and they had some phrase and exact. And I was like, I was trying to convey to them that they really needed to change the way they were doing things. And it wasn't going through. I used a match type filter to show them. I didn't run a report. I just showed them right on the screen, right in AdWords. Here is your conversion rate for your phrase and exact keywords compared to your conversion rate for your broad and modified broad keywords. The difference was startling. They, I mean, they had about a 50% increase in cost per acquisition uh, or improvement for cost per acquisition compared to uh, broad keywords, which you would expect. But the thing is, you need to prove it to your boss. You need to prove it to yourself. And this is a tremendous way to get those metrics on the screen real time and be able to see it. And it made a huge difference for them. And they realized... Wow, we really do need to change the way that we're reaching uh, and, and getting new clicks because this is a you know this is a critical factor in our acquisition costs. That's gotcha. real world example of using filters like a pro. You're going to use filters to make examples of data that's right in front of you, but you there's no other way to do it. You can't just go through and you know write those numbers down and get a calculator. It's not going to work that way. Right. And Chris, what what everyone's talking about is, uh, or what you're talking about, sorry, is it's uh, on that row, it's the, it's the filter. It actually says filter and you can click on it. Um, but then above the keywords, also on the left side, Chris, it's got a little filter there as well, a filter button, uh, an icon. Yes. And <clears throat> one thing I just want to throw in there to everybody, you also, once you have a filter in place, you'll be able to save it and name it. And that's something that's useful and Chris and I use all the time. So you can save common filters you're using over and over. Um, another thing, Chris, to point out is keyword status. Um, what I've mm. noticed in the new interface, and this is not good, and I hope they improve this, but keyword status changes quite a bit to all but removed. So I might be looking at all enabled keywords, which is my default look. Like that's what I look at all the time. And then I'll put in a filter like exact match. And then sometimes it'll take the keyword status, which is always a filter in place, to all but removed instead of all enabled. And then all of a sudden, I'm not getting good data because I'm not looking at all enabled match type. I'm looking at all but removed, which means there could be bad keywords that are exact that I paused a while ago that I don't want to see in this data. So always pay attention to your keyword status. Chris, the ways that I'm using filter on keywords, and then we'll go into search terms. Uh, number one, I have a save filter on every account I manage called Pure Broad. 
Um, no, not on my favorites bar, Chris, on my browser, but on my filters called Pure Broad. And what I do is I take the match type of broad. So just like you were saying, match type equals broad. And then I take, I punch in keyword text and it'll come up keyword text. And I said, does not include a plus sign. So you're telling the system, okay, show me broad keywords that don't include a plus sign. So that gets rid of the broad match modified. And those are pure broads. Uh, those are keywords that are not phrased, that are not exact, that are not broad match modified. They're pure broads. And of course, broad match keywords like a pro, one of our best episodes ever, Chris, if you're adding those in there, which I was this week on an account, you def- it's like putting a bomb into account and not knowing yeah. what's going to go off because it always goes off, by the yeah. way. broad Pure broad match. It's something you got to stay on top of. So how do you stay on top of that? Well, if you don't use a pure broad match filter and check it every day, you're going to see your cost per click going down. You're going to see uh, your clicks and impressions going up and you're going to think you're the magic man or woman because, oh, look, my data is getting better and better. But then you're going to move your eyeball to the farther right and look at that cost per conversion column. And it might be getting a lot worse because broad might not be working. So you got to isolate those pure broad match keywords. Keywords, Chris, the final way I'm using keywords is one of the common things I do is I we talk about looking for problem keywords, but I like to look for also winning keywords and get more aggressive on them. This is something people have a hang up about, Chris. They have a hang up about raising bids. I don't understand why. Well, I understand why people don't like seeing their cost per click go up and they just can't. Some people can't make the bridge to their cost per conversion going down overall if their cost per click goes up on certain keywords. So what I like to do is I like to do a multi-dimensional filter. I say last 30, 60 days or whatever, show me keywords that have more than a certain number of conversions. So it's not just one conversion, but show me two, three, five, 10, whatever, depending on your account. So it has lots of conversions. Show me keywords that have lots of conversions and have a cost per conversion that's less than my goal, CPA. So they're doing better than my goal CPA Mm. and show me keywords where my average position is higher than 1.0 and higher than in this case means 1.1 or bigger. So which means lower on the page. So what I'm doing is I'm saying, show me my winning keywords that have a cost per conversion that's better than I'm trying to go for. So they're doing better than I want to um, or better than my goal is that actually have lots of conversions. So it's not just a one off and have a position that's, in this case, I say lower, but when you do the filter, it's higher than 1.0, a number that's bigger than 1.0. So you can, so what that does is it shows me keywords, Chris, that I can raise the bids on to get more aggressive on position. Overall, on average, higher position means higher click-through rate. So these keywords are getting a better cost per conversion, a lower cost per conversion than I'm even going for. They're showing up in a position that's below 1.0, So I have room to raise the bids on them, get a position that's closer to 1.0, get more clicks on them. And since they do a such great job on cost per conversion, I've got room to afford to have my cost per conversion on them go up a little bit because I'm getting more aggressive. But my overall cost per conversion will still be where I want because they're below my goal. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I like it. So those are the yeah, those are the ways I'm using filters primarily on keywords that's what i find myself doing the most what about the other place chris search terms what are you doing with search terms and filters this is something i've done for a while and i think i've mentioned it before on the podcast but i just i want to devote like a whole section here this last section on filters and search terms so search terms of course 
you're not going to filter by match type or bids or anything because this is just this is just word data. That's that's all it's going to be. It's, it's not going to be keywords. It's not going to have match type or bids. It's just going to be words. So what's great here is, and I'm going to give you an example because I think that's the best way to explain this. What you do is you go create a filter in, and I think it works really well if you do the search term does not contain and start eliminating the core terms that you typically advertise, okay? So for this example, I'm going to look at... Uh, client that I've worked with before. Let's say you What's offer, the client name? Uh, no. The client sells voiceover services. Okay. So... What's their website? <laughs> you're killing me. So you, you put in there, you put voiceover one word and then voiceover two words. You say does not contain either one of those. I want to block uh, both of those. And you're left with terms that you may not realize are actually very successful for you and words that you may not be targeting separately because you're focused on the 80% of traffic that's actually typing voiceover and voiceover two words and things like voice talent, voice artist, voice agents, right? These are these subcategory terms that are going to get a lot less competition because people aren't going to have words like these, but could be just as valuable because you know they're still qualified, they're just searching a little bit differently. So this is a great way to potentially come up with a whole new landing page, a whole new ad group of keywords, a whole new category, and pull those winners out of there that would otherwise be hidden. This is essentially using your own data to find hidden gems and hidden winning keywords without doing keyword research. You're just going into your own campaign. And one last thing, when you do this, jump back like eight months, you know, a year, something like that. Get lots of data so you can see a full representation of what it really looks like, you know, how much volume you've really gotten on these terms. And when you do that, if you've got any significant data over time, you'll get some great stuff and just go through line by line and just kind of look, is anything popping out at you? And I'm, I guarantee you'll find something that's going to surprise you that people are actually typing into Google. So that's how I use filters on search terms. And it, it literally something I do all the time to find terms that I would otherwise ignore. That's a great idea, Chris. Um, I'm doing the same thing. I just have worded it a little bit different, but it's interesting that we, we number one, everyone should know we don't talk outside the show. Um, like this is all for the show. That's uh, but true. number two, well, we don't we, discuss we this were, kind of stuff outside the show. Yeah, uh, we don't talk. So <laughs> lose my number. So if we if we did talk outside the show, we wouldn't be talking about this. So we don't talk about this, and it's just interesting that even though we don't talk about this outside the show, we both are doing this without even knowing the other person does it. We find ourselves doing that a lot, um, but it's on very non obvious things, Chris. So when you're saying that about this voiceover. Uh, fake client because you won't give their name. Um, I'm thinking about moving clients and I will give their name. So there's so many, I can't pick one. And I'm thinking about the word move, mover, moving. If I filter out those terms out of my search terms report for the last year, what's going to be in there? Like who the hell knows? Like Mm. what searches am I showing up on that don't include mover, moving, or move? And so it'd be interesting to see what broad match modified picked up. And there might be some really, really good stuff in there. Like you're saying that doesn't um, show up. And Chris, 
Speaking of keyword research, one of my strategies for keyword research right now is just running pure broad keywords for a week and really? spending maybe 10, 15%. Yeah, say really, but uh, I'm not kidding. Like, what, what, how do you do better keyword research than going from what people are actually typing in Google themselves? And I get some gems in there. Um, and so that would kind of be an update to our broad match keywords like a pro is do broad match keywords for the explicit purpose of mm. wasting slash investing 10 to 15% of budget for a couple of weeks um, and seeing what comes up in the search terms report on those pure broad keywords only, um, because that's going to bring you stuff that doesn't include your core terms for sure. Yeah. And so just an example I had, Chris, um, and you and I know they, because they took the big red keyword tool away, it's forced us to get better at keyword research. Yeah, that's true. So one of the things I do is I look at my search terms report. I had not done a filter like you talked about where you take out your core terms, but I like that. Uh, but with the same mindset in place, I've got a Baltimore, like a workers comp lawyer. And I saw some search terms that were like hurt on the job lawyers in Baltimore, great search term, and also workplace injury lawyers near me. So this is kind of interesting because I'm inversing what you do, Chris. Instead of taking the core terms out when I see my search terms, I'm selecting the core terms and I'm creating them as new broad match modified loose keywords just to see what they get. So when I see a search term like hurt on the job lawyers, I'm going to add a broad match modified two word broad match modified keyword hurt and job hurt job. And ideally what that would show me up on is anybody doing a search that includes the terms hurt and job. And I'm theorizing that the only way someone would search that is if they were hurt on the job and needed a lawyer, or at least maybe they don't even know they need a lawyer, but mm. if they see our ad there, we can try to get them and no one else is going to be there. Cause it's such a weird two word BMM. Same thing with like workplace injury. I'm just going to throw that in there. Two words, broad match modified workplace and injury, maybe work and injury. Nothing about a lawyer, nothing about attorney, but it's locked down enough because it's our core terms. Let's see what happens when we run it. So that's one way I'm kind of inversing the situation with search terms and putting them in there. Uh, and the final way with uh, search terms, I do a filter, Chris. You and I both know, review for negatives uh, once a week at least. Go to your search terms report. They have an added, excluded, or none option. And that's where it says, like, if your keyword's explicitly in there and it shows up as a search term, it says added. If it's not in there, uh, or if it's excluded, that means you've added it as a negative since then. Or if it says none, it means your ad showed up on a search, that search term, because a keyword triggered it, but you're not targeting that search term explicitly. Well, Chris, why am I going to look at search terms that are already added to the account to find negative keywords? I'm not going to. So I, I do the filter to only show me keywords that are neither added or excluded or sorry, search terms that are neither added or excluded. So I filter to only none. And then that helps me process the search terms because I'm not wasting my brain looking at the added keywords that are already in there or excluded keywords that are already excluded. I'm just looking at search terms that we haven't done anything yet with. And that helps me add search terms, especially in this new interface where instead of a big red or green block, the whole block was red or green that said added or excluded. Now it's just one little check mark. And it's kind of hard to differentiate when you're going down a huge list, uh, added versus none. So I like looking at none only when I'm reviewing search terms to find new negatives. That's how I'm filtering with search terms. Yeah. Well, cool. Guys, that's that's about as 
practical as it gets and uh we're heading into the loose 30s here so we're gonna we're gonna have to wrap this up but uh thanks for listening as jason said we don't ask you to buy anything we don't ask you to to do anything more than just leave a review that's all we're looking for we're not going to pitch you anything at the end that's what it's all about we're here to help you out uh and uh you will you can find us at paidsearchpodcast.com i'm on twitter jason's on facebook you can draw the conclusions that you want from there and we want to say thank you to our wonderful sponsor directiveconsulting.com to get your free custom proposal at directiveconsulting.com thanks guys for listening we will catch you guys next week